Donald Jeffries. Donald Jeffries. Author of Hidden History and Survival of the Richest. Host of the Donald Jeffries Show. Billy Ray Valentine. Billy Ray Valentine. Host of the Infinite Fringe Podcast. Researcher, truth seeker from the Bronx, New York. Tony Arterburn. Tony Arterburn. Radio host, combat veteran, precious metals analyst, and alt historian. Together, they take on the headlines of the week, decode the disinformation, and plow through the mainstream propaganda. Unauthorized, unscripted, and unintimidated. Unintimidated. This is America Unplugged. What's going on, everybody? How is everyone doing? It's a pleasure to see all of you and and hear all of you and and exchange with all of you. It's America Unplugged. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, my name is Billy Ray Valentine. Got the usual suspects with with me today. And of course, I know you see Mr. Vince Agnelli here. He's going to tell us, you know, how to how to be able to uh, become a little self-sufficient. <laughs> <laughs> and that he's going to do a bunch of that for us today. You know, we're, we're trying to figure this out. Um Things are going down, and hopefully, I mean, hopefully it, it doesn't turn into anything worse than it, what, what it already is, but there's potential for it, and I don't like it. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about what's going on. Tony Arterburn, the wisest of all the world, is here. What's up, Well, Billy, it's good to see you this morning. Good to see Don, and since uh, Vince is here, I'll see you guys later. I won't be needed. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Mr. Don Jeffries, the legendary. What's up, sir? Oh, it's great to be here. Great to be here with my friend Vince Agnelli. It just seems like yesterday that uh, he, that we were eating uh, burgers together over there. <laughs> We'd be doing it again. It's always great to see. I wanted to mention, I don't know if you guys saw yesterday, but I got a great surprise. I was watching uh, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy interviewing oh. Alex Jones, okay. and I, I look on the bookshelf behind Alex's left shoulder and Hidden Histories there. And uh, I thought it was Vivek's bookshelf, but then Tom Pappert told me today that's actually Alex's, so makes more sense. But I was all excited thinking Vivek Ramaswamy must have bought my book or something. So I'd... anyhow, it was cool seeing it on the shelf, regardless. So dope. It, it, it would have been dope if if it was uh, uh, Vivek's uh, uh, a book. Uh, Alex, we know he, he. I mean, that's the way I, I was introduced to Don Jeffries was was through Infowars. So we know he has it right. Uh, he yeah. needs to make better use of it. Right. Maybe he'll snap out of his Trump tardiness. Yes. Start yes. reading for just one freaking second. <laughs> All right, Mr. Vince Agnelli, what is going on? Esteemed member. There he, there it is. There it is. Oh, well, it's, it's a pleasure and honor to be here, gentlemen. Thank you so much for making the time. We appreciate you, buddy. Um, no, hey, you got me out of doing fence work, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Don still owes me a lunch because I, I, I excused him. It was my turn. That's right. Yeah. So let's keep track of that. Keep track of events because I I can I can easily lose these things. He's track of these things. Hopefully before the end of the year, I I can make my way. I mean, it's not too far from me. I can make my way down there, buy you guys a a, a lunch and then come back to New York. I'd love to do it for the legends. You know, you got it. You got to do stuff like that. So I'd love to sit there and I'm taking pictures of it and I'm putting it on social media, too. Because, you know, I, I don't typically do that, but I got to brag from time to time <laughs> when I'm sitting there with Don Jeffries and Vince Agnelli. Anyway, let's let's get to it, man. Things are, are hitting the fan. Uh, I hope everybody's all right. You know, um, so now Mitch McConnell is at it again. I, I thought we were done with Mitch McConnell. Right. I, I you know, it, it, I I feel bad for the guy. Right. And, and his his. Uh, obvious 
cognitive decline and whatever else is going on with him. But 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 they keep rolling him out just like they roll out Joe Biden and everyone else. It's it's fine. It's no problem. And and he gets on television and he's like, yeah, you know, um, China, Russia, and Iran is the new axis of evil. You know, these guys are like, yeah, thank you very much. Way to freaking pacify things. I mean, good Lord, right? And we heard this terminology before. Now, it's being inter interchangeable. It's, it's the access of evil and the access of terror, right? Same thing. That, that's what, But we've heard it before uh, from George Bush. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, all you guys, but I, 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 it was uh, um, Iran, Iraq, and I forget the third. North Korea. North Korea. Right. Thank you, Tone. Iran, Iraq, and North Korea. Uh, th that's what it was, the access of evil, right? And it's like... You know, <laughs> It's the Justice League versus, you know, whomever else, the Legion of Doom, right? And, and uh, these, this is the new Legion of Doom. And, and every, every few years, they got to change it up. It's like the WWE. You need a new challenger, right? You need a new, a new guy that's going to be a threat to the title, right? It's Osama bin Laden. Uh, Klaus Schwab is the dude mm -hmm. now, right? He's a main eventer. He's right up there. Main event in WrestleMania from uh, year to year. And now it's the axis of evil. They've come back. It's the new faction. It's the four horsemen, right, of, of, uh, of the world stage right now, or the three. But, you know, they'll add somebody else later. Um, and uh, this is what's being presented to the people to scare and to, you know, to, to, to raise the level of anxiety and fear throughout the world. It, it's not a good deal. Uh, Gaza apparently has gotten pummeled, quote, unquote, with uh, what, what we're hearing through the mainstream media. Um, I don't know how many civilians are dead, right? They're saying that Hamas had um, bases under the hospitals, and this is why they needed to blow up the freaking hospitals, right? Uh, they've cut off the internet. They cut off the light. They cut off the food. They, I mean, everything, everything. And uh, the, the good part about it is, I mentioned it last week. We're going to tone in a second, but the good part about it is um, there's a lot of pushback. There, there's a lot of pushback to this. And, and, and even me, who is who just sits there and is like, no, nah, it's not a lot. It's just a, a vocal minority that's screaming and yelling. Now, this is very different. There's a lot of pushback here. A lot of people that aren't putting up with it, um, mainly the young, you know, don't want anything to do with this. Right. And, and they come from a different perspective for whatever that reason is. There is a resistance here uh, to what's going on. And, and it's uh, further hurting Joe Biden. You know, even amongst the Democrats, Democrats already don't like him. And there are people that that would still vote for him, uh, you know, in in terms of Donald Trump. But they're like falling back from even that. I don't know if they'll vote for Trump, but they're like, we're definitely not messing with this dude, depending on what he does here, because they're not happy with his blind allegiance to Israel. This is a change here in, in what's going on in the United States. And Tony talks about the demographic here in the United States and how things will inevitably change as a result of it. We're seeing the symptoms of it now. What's up, Tony? Well, I think Klaus Schwab has the uniform already. There's that picture of him on the beach that uh, nobody could really verify. You know, you gotta, gotta go see that. That's his wrestling uniform. <laughs> uh, you know, that axis of evil, yeah, was uh, Iraq, Iran, and North Korea. This is a 2002 George W. Bush speech. Uh, that's when he introduced the idea that uh, Saddam was seeking yellow cake uranium and aluminum tubes, and he had a death ray, and it was time we had to invade. Uh, if not, there's going to be a mushroom cloud over America. Dick Cheney said that several times. We can't wait. Uh, everything is right now, and, of course, uh, that was a 
devastating uh, blow to American standing and our foreign policy and our security, not to mention the humanitarian disaster. And you talk about evil. Uh, listen to Madeleine Albright in the mid-90s, interviewed on 60 Minutes, when she was asked if the half a million Iraqi uh, women, uh, men and children that died under our sanctions in the 1990s was worth it to keep the current order. She said, yeah, it was worth it. Half a million. Because I don't remember North Korea invading anyone. Well, not since the 1950s. I, I don't remember, uh, certainly Iran. You know, there's that meme that floats around that says, uh, look how much Iran wants war with us. Look how they put their country next to our military bases. <laughs> and I know that well from a young soldier. I saw, you know, when I was, I was security for General Tommy Franks for a day, and I flew around uh, Afghanistan, these small special forces outposts in 2002, and, and right on the border of Iran. So I know a little bit about that. This is a, if you hearken back to the axis of evil speech, that is a completely failed debunked foreign policy because the governments of North Korea and Iran are still in place. And the, they, they exposed the childlike and, I, you know, the mind of the neocon, the Trotskyite fakers who run the Christian conservative movement now, just like the Speaker of the House that we have. They pull this guy out of nowhere. The first order of business is Israel first. Israel first all the time for these guys. And he was Christian conservative constitutionalist, but he throws all that out the window when you feed the Leviathan on its march to war. And that's what we're doing. I, I just cannot abide by this. I watched this yesterday, all these, this stuff on Twitter, these armchair generals and people that are just get excited by war. It's absolutely disgusting because you're not using your brain. First of all, if Hamas is sophisticated enough to get 2,000 rockets through the Iron Dome or whatever the hell, and by the way, Hamas is supported and was funded by the United States and Israel. They, they wanted to, to uh, delegitimize PLO uh, years and years ago. Now, that, now it's back. So they get all these thousands of rockets to do this unspeakable terror. But did, you know, if they're sophisticated enough to do, to do that, as I talked about on my show yesterday, then they're sophisticated enough to know what happens next. They didn't, the, the plan was never to get Israel to lay down its arms. They knew exactly what was going to happen. It's this that's happening right now. So if they anticipated this move, this draconian Carth Carthaginian peace, that we're going to smash Gaza, uh, kind of kind of like the Morgenthau plan that, that Don brought up uh, a, a couple weeks ago, uh, this, is, this, this is going to turn into a wider war. This is what they want. So you're giving them what they want by escalating it by not having wisdom, by not having a uh, proportionality. I mean, cause you get somebody like a Blinken that comes on and says it's 10, nine 11s. And then Biden says, I don't know. It's 15, nine 11s. <laughs> okay. But this, is the, this is the president of the United States and the secretary of state of the United States. Just no proportionality whatsoever. This is about Iran. It's about Iran it has nothing to do with Hamas. Israel can, is not threatened by terrorism. Israel can't fall yeah. Terrorism, it never has been threatened by. It's threatened by nation states. And the number one threat to uh, Israel in the region is Iran. Iran is seeking a nuclear weapon because we taught them that. We taught them that if they don't have a nuclear weapon, they get invaded. We have debunked our own foreign policy with this axle of evil shit, and they're bringing it back. They're bringing it back. They have no, they have no good ideas. that you Used to, you'd hear the neocons were often clever, never wise. Well, now they're not even clever. They can't even brand anything. They got to run it. The sequel, we're going to do the sequel. And, you know, it's it, the chi adding China into this. Well, this is a new thing because now they're going to have to tell their donors that I want the Chinese money. 
My Chinese own three quarters of our politicians. So uh, color me skeptical. <laughs> Real great, great, Tony. Uh, what's up, Don? What, what are you thinking? Well, obviously, I'm on, I'm on board with Tony. And, uh, you know, as a, as a man of peace, you know, I one of my credos is, uh, and I know Benjamin Franklin was a member of the Hellfire Club. And, you know, who knows, he had bo human bones found at his home and stuff like that. But he did say one great thing. And that was there's no such thing as a good war or a bad peace. So I I, I use that as a motto. And uh, but it's it is a shame, as Tony alluded to. No one seems to want peace. You know, it used to be uh, such a thing as diplomacy. It used to be something that was uh, lauded by people. We don't have any. I mean, we have diplomats that are you know have immunity in this country and so legal immunity and so forth. But uh, we don't have diplomacy. And uh, one of Donald Trump's few laudable moments as president was when he uh, held that summit with uh, Putin and he just caught hell from everybody. They went nuts. What are you doing sitting down with Putin? I mean, they don't want you to sit down with anybody now. And uh, so in this case, cooler heads ought to prevail, but there aren't any cooler heads. They all want war. All these people do. And uh, but I I'm hoping that this just continues to be what I would call the never-ending story of World War III that just is it's constantly hanging over our heads and never happens. Uh, I'm hoping it's that because there's, you know, there's because it's constant, you know, we, we've been talking about on the show, you know, we thought before it was for over a year that, you know, we're in the brain. I mean, you listen to my, you know, Jeff Rents, I'm on every Monday night. We're always on the word board, uh, uh, verge of World War III. Alex Jones is constantly, we're, we're closer to nuclear war than we've ever been. The, everybody's saying it. But they've been saying it for a long time. So I hope that uh, it just continues to be this nonstop fear point. It, would, it wouldn't make any sense. But again, nothing they do makes sense. And it gets down to uh, what we may you mentioned the blowback they're getting. And it's probably unexpected. But this is when, uh, you know, propaganda collides. And uh, they've had, you know, uh, many years now of preaching this people of color stuff and the woke stuff. And uh, in this battle, the people of color are the Palestinians. Yeah. So the left, who is just sworn to uphold people, especially when they're you know against evil whites, doesn't matter whether the Jews don't think they're white, because apparently they don't. I don't know what the hell they are, but apparently they don't think they're white. They look white to me, but they don't see, appear to, to, to think they are. But uh, at any rate, in this battle, to those people, to the squad and the people that aren't on Capitol Hill, all the immigrants that we've led in this country, that is, as Tony mentioned, the demographics have changed. Yeah. Well, the opinions of the Dallas demographics is those people aren't, they're not going to understand our, you know, devotion to Israel. You know, they look at it and, you know, maybe have, they have friends in that area, their family even, and they, you know, know what it's like to walk in and don't know if your home's going to be bombed that day or bulldozed or something. And so, um, Again, I think it's pretty obvious who the underdog here is in this in this in this story. I think we shouldn't get involved at all. We should just disengage and pull the plug on Israel's funding. Obviously, we're not going to do that. But they nonsensically continue to say we stand with Israel and try to portray the Palestinians as the aggressors. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that, and that's what they're basically doing. They're basically portraying the little kid throwing a a rock at a bulldozer, a, a military bulldozer as the aggressor. And they've done that before. They're throwing rocks at us. What are we supposed to do? You know, we have to, we have to bulldoze them over. I mean, that's, that's the, the situation that's there. And those are the people whose side we're taking. We shouldn't be taking any side, but we certainly shouldn't be uh, aiding them. And I hope, 
I'm rooting for the squad and I'm rooting for all the, for maybe all these uh, immigrants can do some good. Maybe they can stop us from getting involved in this, but uh, I don't know. I have my doubts because uh, as, as Tony said, these people have a lust for war. Yeah. They want, they want it. There's nobody out there for peace. Talk to Gerald Salente, Occupy Peace and my friend, Cindy Sheehan and Cynthia McKinney. And there's so few of us out there now that are advocating peace. People want war and I don't get it. I don't understand it, but uh, I hope that it continues to be fair porn and nothing it never actually comes to pass. Let's hope. Why, why don't they go to war? I send Mitch McConnell to war. <laughs> right now, right now. Oh, I mean, Mr. what Freeze. else is going on? Maybe it'll wake his ass up. Yeah. Literally. Right. He won't have time to just stand there and stare aimlessly at something like go to the front lines right now. You know, you and everybody else. Who was the other buffoon that said something last week? I forget. I forget. I forget who it was um, <laughs> that, 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 that was like, yeah, we should we should go over there and and, and buy. Oh, Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham one. loves it. Yeah, Both of them. That's a tag team. Lindsey, Lindsey Graham and Mitch, Mitch McConnell. Have I ever seen one? Right. Like Vince McMahon would salivate over this. Like. Get them out there right now. Put them on the front and, and get, get them out. Have them lead the siege on Gaza. They love war so much. Let them do it. Nikki Haley, put her out there. All yeah. of these people, all of them, go. I don't want anything to do with it, personally. Yeah. So what, why? And they're, they're in, the, in the fringes of the fringe. Mm -hmm. They're talking about a freaking giraffe. This is being <laughs> spoken now. I don't want anything to do, and that's gonna that's gonna fail too. Because again, so. all, all the all the snowflakes that they yeah. denigrate all the time. Oh, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to. You think sure. they want to go fight in a war? Exactly. You can't get them out of the basement playing video. They, they they're not gonna. This isn't a video game, right? And plus, they'd be crappy soldiers. I, I would support <laughs> a war. I'll be the first one to support a war if it's uh, at the direction at the front lines. You got General Lindsey Graham. Uh, next with Nikki Haley, right, right. Mitch McConnell's probably too old. Maybe you can prop him and Biden up. I don't know who, get everybody over there you can, right. uh, all our leaders, the entire Congress. But as I said, I, I would love to see a bill passed uh, for a very long time that uh, before any troops can be committed to foreign soil, that uh, the uh, the people voting on it, although they never vote for war, so they probably get around it, but the, if, if the, they must have a uh, the closest uh, blood-related relative out there doing fighting. So in other words, if, if you vote for war, you have to have a child. If you don't have any children, niece, nephew, or whatever, uh, spouse, something out there, you have to have uh, a stake in it. Right. And the problem, I think during the Iraq war, Tony probably knows this better than I do, but I think out of 535 members of Congress of both houses, what were there? Maybe two or three that had uh, children or something was, involved in it. Very low. Yeah. Very. So, I mean, and that's disgraceful. Because it it is in our words, same thing, and it goes back to it goes back to Lincoln, you know. Lincoln meant so many things too. He wrote about you know, Rosen, that mother who, who lost six children in the Civil War, and he wrote that uh, you know this flowery letter about you've you've made such a wonderful sacrifice in the altar of freedom. Meanwhile, his son Robert Todd Lincoln stayed at Harvard University the entire war until the very end. There's so much pressure that they stuck him in General Grant's camp where he's far from any fighting, but he so he could basically claim he was a veteran. And we see that all the time. Chicken hawks like FDR that never came near a battlefield but supported every war he could. And it goes right down to Bill Clinton, you know, burning his draft card at Oxford and stuff and then committed to war. They've, they've never, you know, our leaders are almost all chicken hearts and they don't they don't have. That's why Bobby Kennedy, say what you want about him. I think it's misguided. 
But apparently his son was over there fighting in the Ukraine. I don't know why. I think it's insane. But at least he was doing that. And uh, so uh, it's there's no stake. This is as, as what they said back going back to the Civil War when they had the rich man's exemption where you could get out of going to war if you had three hundred dollars, which is a fortune in those days. And so a poor guy went for yourself. And so it's always been as the war protesters have said about every war, a rich man's war and a poor man's fight. And that's what it'll be here again, obviously. Right, right, right. No, absolutely. Mr. Agnelli, I want your thoughts on this, but I, I also want um, I want everybody's thoughts on this, but it's Mr. Agnelli's turn. Am, am I am I being, you know, is my has my mind and my emotions been colonized to the point that I think that this is the the realest threat or, or the closest we we've come to a World War Three scenario in my lifetime? Uh, I feel that way. I, I don't know if I should like, like Don said that it's, you know, the ball, the boy who cried wolf and he has a plethora of evidence behind him. Right. And I've been here for it. So I know it's true. Right. It's, it's all been a, a bunch of nonsense. And I really hope that that happens again because no one wants to see. Well, no, no one besides Mitch McConnell, and a couple of these freaking people, you know, but, but I, I am afraid that the wrong domino falls and boom, this 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 situation is scaring me. Anyway, go go ahead, Vince. Tell me something. All right. First, I see I see Tony's 15, 911s. <laughs> and I raised it 20. <laughs> I got a full house. Damn. I got a full house. I got, I got three sixes and two jokers. Jeez. There's three sixes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I don't. I don't think you're wrong. But now, are you in your forties, um, Billy? You know, a, a gentleman never tells. But yeah, absolutely. Me, okay. me, me, and Tony are the same age. Yeah. Okay. Well, so yeah, that's right. You guys would be like um, Don's sons. You know, because yes. I'm not that old. If I had a son, they would. No, I do have a son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like <laughs> your your experience in the world. Yeah. When you say it in your lifetime. I'm going to say this is different than the 1960s that Don may remember. I wasn't there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not that old. No. Uh, as a matter of fact, last week, this last, just a few days ago, I went to a wake of a, a Marine from Vietnam. Uh, one of those families that I grew up with. And the guy had been from 1960 through the 1980s, been in the Marine Corps. And he, he retired uh, an LTC, but he started off as enlisted. And this guy went to Vietnam three times. His final time was uh, interpreter and investigator. Uh, I don't have to tell you what that means. He, if you know the name Phoenix, you'll know a little something about that. So, but great people. Great people, and when you're surrounded by those kinds of people that I was, and in, in and around the uh, the Beltway, '60s and '70s and '80s, you learned about guys like Curtis Lemay. You saw the planes, you saw the 52s, you saw, and Don probably saw the uh, B-47s. He's such a an old guy. Uh, you know that was all part of the, you know the, the fail-safe program. That was a real program, and. In 1979, they had a system where they were going to monitor everything that had to do with launches. 
And that system, when it came online, some dummy left a, a, a you know, a technician left a practice program on this thing. So it's just like that movie that came out when in the eighties uh, about the, the kid screwing around with the computer. He gets into games. The, the, games, yeah, games. Yeah. Well, that actually took place in 1979, and the Soviet Union came to full alert. And somebody, some guy in the Pentagon, it's always a major or a lieutenant colonel, somebody who's watching, makes the phone call. Hey, you got a problem here. This was, this was under Jimmy Carter's watch, of all things. So we've seen stuff come close. You know, uh, Don, Don is of the age of duck and cover. I'm not. Not quite, Ben. I'm not that old. No. I've seen films about duck and cover. But... Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, I, I did spend time at Graham Road Elementary. He knows where that is. And and that was the second Tuesday of every month. And the time <laughs> to go off. And you went out in the hallway. You got down on your, your knees. You didn't lay on the ground because that kind of shock can kill you. But you put your face up against the wall and you put your hand. Is that close to nuclear war? Uh I'd have to say you were being prepared for it. We actually had uh, civil defense shelters or mm. fallout shelters in the schools. Yeah. We had that. I remember I remember that. My, my yeah. parents had a, a half-assed shelter in the basement that wouldn't have protected us from anything. But I remember being four years, you know, very five years old or something and being kind of scared that something terrible was going to happen and putting all this food and stuff down there. So, but well, it was, uh, yeah. In the early 50s, my father, uh, before he went to work for the government, worked for his father in a gas station and he and a buddy started building fallout shelters in Arlington, Virginia. So they actually built a couple of them, but most people we found out didn't believe that it was going to be a problem. They thought, what's the difference if the world's going to blow up, the world's going to blow up and I don't want to live in it. So that's the American way of looking at things. You look at the Russians they took their program from the Soviet Union and kept building shelters. Nothing changed with theirs. On uh, last, I guess it was last Wednesday, I was with uh, with Franco Matei on his show, and I went over the 1960 Common Turn notes. If you take out the words communist, uh, V.I. Lenin, and uh, a few other little words, and you go through each section of that 1960 common turn notes, it is the BRICS plan. They even mention the very same countries that you've seen them pull into the BRICS operation just recently. And they also talk about controlling the religions. It's all there. So nuclear war, I don't believe that there's going to be a nuclear war. I think if there's going to be any nuclear activity, it's going to be on top of us, quite frankly. Because I, I, told, I told Franco that the old Soviets left behind are the ones running our country right now. I made a, a plea to Putin to say, give us this information about these people like Biden and Clinton and any of the Republicans who are assets that they purchased. And I have no doubt that Ted Kennedy was one of them. I have no doubt that FDR was one of them. And it's not because they're Democrats. You only have to go back and look at what they said. Right. Seriously. Uh, FDR thought that Stalin was good for, for Russia. That's a quote. That comes right out of an interview with another congressman. Are we close? 
I I don't know about Don, but I I was around an awful lot of Pentagon people. I knew a lot of fathers who were all the way up to three stars. So when you talk, you, they don't always talk about a lot, but sometimes they talk about enough. And I don't think this country's ever been in this position before. Jesus. Especially with the kind of people running the military. Tony can speak to that. Uh, what, what do you got to say? Like uh, red high heel shoes? Okay. I mean, this is not the same military. These are not the same people. And I don't think that they know enough to doubt a bad, a bad command. They're being told that they have the best of this and the best of that. And nobody can, nobody can touch us. Uh, for our sake, I hope they're right. But I don't think Biden intends to fight back. It seems to me, now Tony can correct me, but it seems to me that in the last two months, this country has pushed all of these assets out across the globe, and especially in the last couple of days. Now they've got all these aerial tankers out there seems to me like we're in an awful an awfully stretched logistical condition here yeah i believe the phrase is called out of the box out of the box thank you uh and i think i think colonel mcgregor would probably agree the same thing the way he talks you can tell uh he wasn't you know i don't think he was vietnam but he came in right after that and all the vietnam people taught him what he knows today. So I think the, the people who don't like us and want us gone are going to use this as a way to get rid of us. And I told, I told Franco, I said, all of these uh, immigrants, if you want to call them immigrants, the people they're bringing into the country, these males of, of military age, I, I don't think they intend on striking up an army because I also went over the United Nations immigration plans. If you have all of these young men here in our country, then we know that they're not doing one thing in their home country, and that is getting the women pregnant. So now we have people that aren't even being born. And they may be sending those guys here into a kill box. If they're going to take us out, you want to take out as many males around the world as possible that might do you harm to make it easier to take this stuff over. I know that's a that's an out outlier looking at things, but I haven't seen anything to. I mean, you don't see them handing them an M16 when they're coming across the border, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, what they give them is they give them a big fat check and a place to live and food, and hell, they're giving them jobs that we're not allowed to get. And by the way, did you have your jab today? Yeah, that, that comes as a prerequisite. And I, I, I want um, Tony to explain a little bit about what out of the box means. Like, uh, I, I don't know if, if I fully captured what was said there. Um, from, what I, from what I understood, what, what, what Vince was saying is that we, we are, I don't know if this is what Vince, what Vince was saying. I think this is what I understood from that, from that little part that we've sent out so much of our stuff that we're exposed here in the United States. Is that what out of the box means? What did, what does out of the box mean? 
It's a Cold War phraseology, and I believe it really harkens back to nuclear submarine warfare, but it generally means that you've got assets deployed in a strike position. Uh, uh, they're not patrolling. You've got them deployed out of the box. Right. Right. Yeah, they used to say like the fail-safe box back in back in the old days. They're on the move. As, as Tony said, they're deployed. Right. And, then, you know, we got the late 90s uh, under the Clinton administration. We re redid our uh, nuclear strike policy to absorb a first strike, mm-hmm. not yep. to deter it. Yep. We, we are going to wow. absorb a first strike due to policy. Yes. And who's going to tell if we struck back, if we're all, you know, evaporated or dying of radiation point, who's going to, who's going to care? Right. All we know, all we know, Billy, is that what the world wants is what's underneath our feet. Just as Biden has been closing off the oil wells, closing off the food production. And as far as people getting upset about a few thousand people getting killed, I didn't see anybody invading this country to stop the abortion from 1973 forward. Yeah. 60 million Americans killed on their mother's womb of all disgusting things to think about. Yeah. I mean, I love these clowns that are out there. I mean, you, you, the, every, every tragedy, they just hold up, a, hold up the scenes from what's happening, what happened with the attack from, from yeah. Gaza. And I say, yeah, that's, that's terrible. Have you heard about Dresden? You know, about, you know about tens of thousands of children that were dressed up in Halloween costumes in Germany. We didn't even have to bomb that city, and we did. And it sucked all the oxygen out of the basements, and it's they suffocated. Mm-hmm. You know, tens of thousands. Yep. You know, so I mean, don't give me this shit. This is it. This is propaganda. War is terrible. It's awful. Mm-hmm. It's unspeakable. You should only have to fight if it's the last resort. But we choose the first resort. Yeah, and that's what I've been trying to tell people. This this is nothing new under the sun. There's evil on both sides. We've got to stay out of these things. And if we're not, we're going to get sucked into them. Yeah. And I think that's the plan. The plan is to get us to yeah. engage, get kinetic, and then they reshuffle the entire grand chessboard, which is what this is all about. It has really nothing to do with us, the people of the United States, or our foreign policy security. The reason I think that they have a first strike uh, policy now for us to absorb a first strike is because this is about one world government. You got to understand, even Strobe Talbot, that was Secretary of State for the United States under Bill Clinton, said that the nation state was irrelevant. And he's Secretary yeah. of the State. Yeah. That yeah. was in the 90s, guys. So, I mean, these people, mm-hmm. these are internationalists, like Vince was pointing out. These are, these are people that are holdovers, bought and paid for by the, by the, the, the international Comintern unit. And, but, that's, but see, that Communism and all that stuff is just a operating system of, of Luciferian banksters. Yes. Yes. Hey, well, John, John in the chat, he's bringing up some great points. John, John, I hope you read my book, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776, 1963. You'll get a lot out of that. He's talking about the, these assholes have been running the military for a long time. And he's right. Douglas MacArthur was the one who led the army that overran the bonus, the World War I bonus army. Right. These poor people were promised a bonus. They were camped out in Washington, D.C. in tents. And uh, MacArthur and a young George Patton, another great hero, they're the ones that led them against a defenseless force like that. Uh, we saw what happened to uh, Huey Long, who was the greatest. All you need to know about Huey Long's what, what the world would have happened in World War II in America. Huey Long wrote a book called The uh, 
uh, my first days in the White House. He had that big of an ego when he was, and, and he uh, he came up with his, his cabinet. His Secretary of War was going to be Smedley Butler, mm-hmm. who wrote War as a Racket. So there would have been no war in the Huey Long administration. And just for just for uh, laughs, he busted FDR down back down to Assistant Secretary of the Navy, just mm-hmm. to make him even more pissed off than he already was. <laughs> so and so you see what happened. Huey Long gets assassinated. Smedley Butler. I don't know how he died. He wasn't that old. I can't figure it out. Uh, but uh, these things happen. You saw they're, they're, the warmongers win again and again and again. And people can even good people come to think of of MacArthur and and, and uh, Patton and, and Eisenhower, you know, who who overled Operation Keel Hall, which we still don't even talk about. How many maybe a million uh, Germans died on the forced march back? I mean, just horrible things. And and Tony mentioned Dresden and all this stuff. So we've in the good wars supposedly. These awful things happen. So just imagine the Operation Phoenix in Vietnam and, the, you know, in, in the Iraq. I'm sure you've all heard of that, where we were just thinking that they were the good guys. And we're over in Iraq and they bulldozed, they buried alive, surrendering Iraqi troops. They had witnesses. They were trying to surrender. Our boys, our glorious boys, support the troops. They bulldozed and buried them alive. So, you know, if you're doing that, there's nothing you won't do. So at this point, that's why war is just such as Jeanette Rankin, the greatest female in American history. She's the one that should be on the uh, $10 bill or whatever it is. Uh, greatest war uh, woman for peace, only one to vote against World War II. And her career was ruined for that. But she can't, I see, she had so many great lines, but she just said war is, a, war is a stupid way to resolve things. And she's exactly right. It always has been. And, I, and Smedley Butler said, war is not about enemies. It's, for op- it's about opportunities for profit. That's where we stand. Don't believe this nonsense. Don't believe the babies being beheaded. They were, they were, they were being bayoneted in World War I. And they were being thrown out of incubators you know, it, it, during the Gulf War. It's the same story, people. They don't even, they barely changed the script. They updated it a little bit. But that's it. I mean, come on. And, and as, as Vince mentioned about, you know, if they cared about babies, you know, they, they might not have allowed so many millions to be aborted. But uh, so this is it's a curious choice to do that. But I guess they figure it, it works on people. But uh, just I, I wish people would not fall for the propaganda. But I know they will because they always do. And uh, the, the babies being being beheaded story turned out to be bullshit. Or at least they can't co- co- collaborate. It, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it might be just complete nonsense. To deal with the abortions, if the dichotomy in morality is striking to me that here's a nation that killed 60 million of its own freely by thinking that they had the right, the legal right to do this, a right that they conjured up themselves, then turn around and say, oh, uh, you can't do this to another nation. We must therefore give you $583 billion this week, thanks to the new uh, the new rhino dude or whatever they picked. Did you see that happen? Oh, yeah. I told Don at lunch, I said, watch what happens after the tick one, remember? And sure enough, within 24 hours, oh, the ground assault has started. And uh, Joe Biden now wants $583 billion to give to Ukraine and Israel. Yeah, of course. But and, what's uh, the big? But what's the big story? Oh, Marjorie Taylor Greene wants to censor whatever. <laughs> that's the big. That's the big story. Ooh, the evil woman there. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, uh, 
there, there's a, there's a lot to be said as to how we got here as a people, you know, and um, with the abortion issue, there's people that lie on on every side of this, you know, but the thing that gets me the most about it is how it's been normalized. You know, it's yeah. been, it's, it's, it's been normalized. It's been, it's been made pedestrian almost just like, Oh yeah. You know, we got an abort. Like, I mean, that, I think it should be a little bit, a lot more serious than that. Right. When somebody makes a decision to do something like that, it, but it's been glorified uh, as a, as a, a triumph in in feminism, right, or in womanhood, like empowerment. I don't, I don't understand that. Um, uh, but, but, but go ahead, go ahead, Vince. What's back up? on your on your being concerned, and, and I think Tony's better suited to speak to this. But uh, in psychological training, if you put people through enough, uh, what's what's the word? Uh, tests. You keep testing them and testing them and testing them. And all it is is a test. You got to turn the keys. I'm turning the keys. Okay, boom. But there's no launch, but it's a test. And they do it to you every day for a couple of months. Right. What does that do to you psychologically? You're, you break away from the, is this the right thing to do today? Right. Oh, hell, it's just another test. So you're conditioning these guys now. And I'm only saying this because I've been watching the emergency action messages going out. For the last couple of months, it's been anywhere from 20 to 50 a day. And down in the subs or down in those in those holes in the silos, those targets are in the safe. So the command is to go in and pop open this envelope and pick your target, do whatever. I agree. I agree. Hit the keys. Boom. I've never seen Never seen that happen. Not ever so many times. I don't even think during the Cuban Missile Crisis they were that close. And they were close. Yeah. They were close to letting it go. So all of our military people are now, they're being trained through this psychological process of a test. And pretty soon you're not going to know the difference and they're just going to hit it. Who starts it? I don't know. Who finishes it? The next war. Imagine President Kennedy's 1962, yeah. the Cuban Missile Crisis. Imagine all the people at the table all told him the same thing. Except one guy. Cuba. Except one guy. Who was the one guy? You, you're I, talking about McNamara? No, no. Um, his brother? His it was, brother, uh, for sure. Yeah. He was a, uh, what, what was his? Uh, well, there's Adelaide Stevenson that, that uh, just uh, talked I about. thought JFK and RFK were the only two that were uh, against. No, there, there was one guy in the security side who hmm. looked at them and said, this is Maxwell Taylor, work. maybe? I don't know. I can't remember his name. Well, what did well, he say? He told him not to do it because it didn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. It wasn't going to get anybody anywhere. Right. Well, right. The, the point I was making is the prevailing thought through, and they even brought in. Uh, they, they even brought in Dean Acheson, who was Secretary of State under Truman. Uh, they brought in all the old hats, and everybody said you had to hit Cuba, airstrikes followed by invasion, take the missiles out. We don't have time. They're going to go live. So now we don't even have – we don't have a Kennedy. We don't have a dissenter. The entire table agrees yeah. that there is no offerance for peace. And I've been saying this for a couple of years about Ukraine. There's no summits. There's no Reykjavik like Reagan had with Gorbachev. There's none of these things. If you study foreign policy – and maybe – 75% of it's fake, but some of it's real. Some of these things are real, you know, but so I wonder 
we have none of that. So that's why I'm telling the audience, okay, if I'm studying history, I've got to, as, a, as somebody who's studying this and giving you my best analysis, the reason I'm so pessimistic is because there are none of these other fail safes or things to get out of it. It just continues forward. And that's what I'm concerned about. No, and I, I, th I think if people want to understand why I continue to be such a Kennedy fanboy, and I admit it, you know, I'm like, a, what, what do they call them, Swifties for Taylor Swift? I don't know what Kennedyites, I guess I am. But I mean, I, I admit it. But uh, it's because JFK was so different. And again, the Cuban Missile Crisis, Bay of Pigs, uh, American University speech, he's the only president in American history that has resisted the powers that be beating the drums for war. You know, from 1898, when they pressured McKinley, McKinley didn't want to, but you have Theodore Roosevelt and all the aggressive imperialists pushing him. From then to Wilson, to, to FDR, every time they have, uh, you know, Korea in, in the 50s, uh, Vietnam, obviously, but JFK was going to get out of there. Nobody, no, we don't do that. We've never done that. Mm -hmm. Pull out of trips. He was going to do that. Not to mention, he said, you're, you know, basically in so many words told the LeMays and everything, this is insane. This is, you know, this is, no, we're not going to go to a nuclear war over this. He's the only president that ever did that. So I just, people realize what, what we had briefly and why they blew his head off. Yeah, well, Trump didn't do it. No, no new wars under Trump, right? I mean, that's what. No, I, but he bought, he, exactly. But he, he, but when they ordered him to bomb Syria, he did it. When they, he, they told him take out Solonami, he did it. Absolutely. And Venezuela, yeah. let's not forget that country over there and what they did over there. Let's not forget that. All right, Vince, you had to. 24. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> What's up, Vince? What were you going to say? No, no, no. Same thing that Don was saying. Yeah, it, it's LeMay. LeMay hated his guts after that. Mm -hmm. LeMay went after him. And LeMay, right. LeMay didn't like LBJ either, but he, he hated the Kennedys. Completely hated them. Yeah. So we, we got a little bit of time left. Vince, you got to come back, right? Um, we're going to bring uh, we're going to bring some preppers, some survivalists on, and we're going to talk all about this. That, shouts to everybody who helped me out with that. I got I got a few emails. I know Angus sent me one. <laughs> I can't even see what that is, Vince. My vision is so bad. I don't know what's going on. Billy, you're frying me, man. Yeah. Oh, Vince is holding up his thing. He, he walks around with that all the time. I used to fake it. Tell him what that is. That's fascinating. That is yeah, he has. Yeah. That is a detector for radio frequency between 200 megahertz and 8 gigahertz. Basically, Wi-Fi up through the top of 4G. And if it's doing this, I'm in trouble. Damn, so we're all in trouble. So my, mine must be all the way at the end. The bad end mm -hmm. at this point. You know, with, with all the stuff I got going on here. All right, so check this out. So we're going to do that. Um, and... Uh, and we're going to keep our, our eye on everything and, and try to stay together on this. This is not good, man. I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. Hopefully it, it what's up, Vince? I see you. what's going and on. You, and you, my friend. Yes, sir. I know that there's always the big question. Am I a target? Am I a target? Right. Now, Tony, uh, you know, has his opinion. I'm sure he may disagree with me, but uh, they don't typically waste munitions you know nuclear munition on on uh populations first <laughs> put it that way first obviously you have the centers of military that they take out first but if you live near a large airport i wouldn't want to live near a large airport because you can land a big plane down there and that means things can continue on so those are probably also going to be targets well you know, I, I'm here. 
But think not. about this, Billy. You're in the city. Yeah. What happens if the water goes out? It's not good. Walking dead. You know, are they going to be able to fight the fires? It's not good. No. The cell We're towers not. go. Cell towers go out. It's Walking Dead time. You're on the show, man. You're you're watching the show. Then. You're on the show. Yeah. You're, you're on, the show. on the show, right? You're yeah. you're, on yeah. you're on the show. Right. <laughs> I think if the cell phones go out, the uh, the story is the one-eyed man is king in a blind man's world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know that that's why um, I would say, and, and that's why I'm telling everybody to go get get prepared, right? Especially if you live in a big city, um, and and it's important, even though it's important to make connections, it's important to make the right connections. Don't let everybody know you got a ton of stuff because they'll come for you. Yeah. They will, and that and and that's just the way it is, right? You have to make connections. You have to let people know because you need that, right? But you need to 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 trust the right people. Hate to sound paranoid, but I've lived here all my life. They will come and get your stuff. So be careful what you say and who, who to say it to. I remember, I'm going to go right back to you, Vince, but I remember that episode of The Twilight Zone when, when it was about to be, you know, it was, it was about to be on nuclear war and everybody was making fun of this guy for having his bomb shelter. And then what did they do? They went to bum rush his ass trying to get into the bomb. <laughs> anyway, go, go ahead, Vince, and then we're well, out. Two things. Uh, what Don was talking about with Mitch McConnell and those guys, the old boys, and I thought of the original Star Trek episode where they saw the dead bodies down on the planet. They came back up and then everybody who wasn't shocked or surprised started getting old. And they're all sitting around there with Dr. McCoy getting really old and all the same guys. That's what you've got going on in Capitol Hill. Uh, but uh, Frank Matei and I put together a resolution for peace and constitutional order. And that's up on my new Substack page if people want to see that. The idea behind that is to print it out, get people to agree, and then just sign their name to it. And if you want to fax it in to these idiot politicians, do it or mail it in. Do whatever it takes. But if you don't try to stop it yourselves, our talking about it's not going to stop it. So if you can get a hold of that and or make one yourself yeah, or just write a letter. You know, do, do whatever you can, because if we all are going to go see our maker and they say, what did you do to try to stop it? Jesus. At least at least try to stop it, guys. Well, we, we, we certainly live in interesting times and we're here for a reason, right? We're here for a reason. There is no coincidence. It's no mistake that all four of us are here and everybody listening right now is here at this time. It's a beautiful thing. It's bad. But it's still beautiful. Let's learn from the experience. We're getting up out of here. Vince, thank you very much. Hold on. We're going to let you plug all your stuff. Mr. Tony Arterburn, the wisest of all the wolves. Tell him what's up. Well, you can find my podcast and uh, my website is arterburn.news. Uh, I've got new paratruthers coming out soon. I'll be working with Chris Graves and Mr. Anderson. So uh, be sure and, and uh, subscribe. Uh, we also sponsor this magnificent program. I'm so proud to be a part of uh, with Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. Uh, it's veteran owned and family owned and we have no minimum. And uh, if you think you can't afford precious metals, go to Wolfpack, go to the wolfpack.gold site, check it out. $50 a month minimum. Uh, you can actually get one for kids. It's called uh, wolf cub. It's 35 bucks and you can get precious metals. I saw yesterday, uh, I was reading a story on my show, the oldest central bank in the world, uh, the bank of Sweden is uh, bankrupt and it needs to be bailed out by their parliament. And I asked the question, if you make the money, how do you need to make money? 
because you already make it. I mean, this is a conundrum of the highest order. We have the Bank of England needed to get bailed out. The Federal Reserve itself, who makes the money, is losing money. Um, so you're going to want to check out and do your own research. Do you want to hold fiat currency? And that's why I'm in the business that I'm in. So it's it's just unprecedented, crazy times. Go and go and look out uh, for our uh, our sponsor of this program, and that's that's Wolfpack. We'd love to have you. Yeah, man. Uh, go go do all of that, man. Don't forget Free World FM launches on Friday, Friday at at twelve uh, midnight Eastern Standard Time. Mister Jimmy Gene, enter the microcosm. We'll kick it off. And then after that, we have um, a bunch of live programming. Tony's going to be live. David Knight, uh, Don Jeffries, Mr. Wayne McCroy, who's in the chat. What's up, Wayne? How you doing? Uh, William Ramsey's myself. Um, I, I think that's the, the lineup for Friday. Um, and, and then after that, we're going to keep going. Shouts to Angry Tiger. Uh, Franco, who, uh, who, who Vince uh, was talking about earlier. Shouts to him. Mr. Chris Graves. The dude himself, man, thank you for being in the chat. Thank you for doing everything you do. I'm going to call you later today. We need to talk about a couple of things. Um, Don Jeffries, the legendary. Tell the people what's up, sir. Well, you can always find me, uh, you know, at uh, Substack. That's the only place I'm not being shadow banned. Donald Jeffries at Substack.com called I Protest, just like my show. Continuing uh, Travails of Basking the Truth, the most shadow banned book in the world. Please support it. Uh, suggest it to your libraries. Try to break the algorithms. Uh, please try to review it on Amazon. They're, they're apparently not letting anybody review it anymore, but I want to hear from you. I've heard from several people already. They reviewed it. And they won't put it up. So they're obviously trying to hold the numbers down. So uh, do what we can do to break the algorithms. And uh, I uh, certainly appreciate, uh, and, and you'd mentioned Angry Tiger. It was wonderful seeing his show. I got to see uh, a couple familiar names. Karen Carpenter was on there and, uh, right. And and Chris, as well as well as Chris Gray. So it's it's nice that these people oh, are getting on shows as well because and they're all naturals. They all seem really good at it. But uh, but please uh, so support me, subscribe to me at Substack. That's the only place in that shadow band. Donald Jeffries at Substack.com. Try to get the word out about uh, masking the truth, and I'll have my JFK book to be promoting very soon. It'll be officially published. It's already out there, piped the bimbo and red, but uh, it'll be officially published right before the 60th anniversary in November. Fantastic, man. So so many people that listen and that, that, uh, you know, try to uh, contribute in some way, uh, to what we do, man, they're so freaking talented, right? Like you, you hear them talk on the radio and it's like, damn, like, yeah, what have you been doing this entire time? <laughs> you yeah. know, why, yeah. why aren't you doing a show? Why aren't you? Because they're just that good, man. That's crazy to hear. Uh, Mr. Vince Agnelli, thank you for coming on. Ace of the Nights, dead yeah. man's hand. Good yeah. Good Lord. Tell them what's up, Vince. Uh, you can find my latest on thepublicwheel.substack.com. And that public, that wheel is spelled W-E-A-L. So there also is a link to the free version of that last book by the same name, The Public Wheel. But that peace resolution is right there at the top. And I have not touched it. I've left it there since last week. So please go there and, and see if you can get involved. Work for peace. Talk peace. We don't need war. Two no. wrongs don't make a right. They don't. They don't. So and, uh, well, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you for coming on, brother. Um, and, and maybe we'll do it again next week. I don't know. Yeah. If, uh, it depends on, on what we got going on. But as long as there's a next week. As long as there's a next week, <laughs> absolutely. Maybe we'll do it again. But thank you, Vince. Hold on for just a second. Um, 
TheInfiniteFringe.podbeam.com. Two new episodes tomorrow. Angry Tiger, Wayne McCroy. Both will drop tomorrow. I'm doing a new episode with uh, Tony Arterburn. He doesn't know it yet, but we're doing it. Uh, and <laughs> we're going to prep. We're going to set up stuff for prepping and uh, and more stuff coming. Uh, Halloween is on. Oh, I should have worn a mask. Ooh. I should have done it. I should have worn a mask. We should have all been in. Uh, yeah, I didn't take it. Yeah. I've got, I've, got got an Alex, I've got an Alex Jones mask back there. I, can get you I there. remember <laughs> you wore that the last time we did a show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, oh, uh, be safe on the 31st. If you celebrate such things, I know, I know there's a lot of people that don't and think it's, it's, uh, it's a pagan and, and devil worship, you know, if, and I respect that too, you know, but uh, <laughs> go ahead and do what you do. Um, just be safe while you do it. And, uh, and yeah, um, the infinite fringe.podbean.com America unplugged right here on Rockfin America unplugged.com 12 PM Eastern every Saturday. Thank you for tuning in week after week after week. Over on Don Jeffrey's YouTube channel. What's up to everybody there? We're on Rumble now. Uh, we never plug the Rumble show. We've been on Rumble for some time. We never plug it. Please go over there and subscribe. Also, Chris Graves is on Rumble, and he needs subscribers in order to start st streaming live. So I am going to go ahead and do that. Everybody else, go ahead and subscribe. No, There's no reason why Chris Graves can't start st streaming live tomorrow. What is this? Non-tinfoil EMFs. Okay. <laughs> Do all that. All that stuff we need. Vince is ready to go. Um, and what else? Oh, and freeworld.fm. So uh yeah, free world. Charlie, Charlie Robinson, um, uh, David Knight, you know, uh Wayne McCroy and and William Ramsey's Chris Graves, uh John Brissom. Tony, Don, maybe we can convince Vince to do something if if uh if he's got a little bit of time. You know, I, I know everybody would love that. Angry Tiger is going to be on. If if uh, if you're in the <coughs> God bless you, buddy. Angus Mustang, uh, 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 the TMP crew. If if we can, uh, if if you're interested, I know some people hit me up via email. I will get to you if you're listening to this. I will get to you. But if if there's more people that are interested in submitting their work, we're open to it. Come, uh, I I, I want to listen to what you're doing and 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 what you have to say. All right. We're getting up out of here. Um, make sure you tune in. I, I'm, I'm not going to see you guys until Friday. Um, so that's just, this is your, these are your, your. I don't know, this is your fair warning. <laughs> Friday, November 3rd, uh, freeworld.fm, Lord willing. Thank the Lord. Guys, take it easy. And you guys need me when we're out of here, hit me up. You guys know where to find me. All right. Um, don't burn the place down while I'm gone. <laughs> Tony, you're going to play us out. I'm playing this out. For Halloween, right. I'm going as Don's chair, by the way. I'm playing. Bye-bye. Wow. That's a good